Listener-supported KFUO, the messenger of good news. I'm Gary. This is the Midday Moments program. And it's time now for our moment of faith with Doug Nicely from Jerusalem Lutheran Church in Collinsville, Illinois. Good afternoon, Doug. Good afternoon, Gary. And it's wonderful to talk to you uh, again this week. And as we are continuing on through this uh, season in the year, we're just talking about the stories behind a lot of the Christian hymns. And today it's one called Take My Life and Let It Be. Okay. That's a All good right. one. Yes, it is. And, and I'll tell you why we know it so well in just a little bit. Okay. But let, let me do a little bit of backstory in here. This 19th century hymn has its roots back a century before. In the early 1700s, a German nobleman by the name of Nicholas Ludwig Zinzendorf had a father who died when Nicholas was only six weeks old. Nicholas was raised on his family estate by his mother, grandmother, and aunt. He was taught the Christian faith and attended the University of Wittenberg, which is, of course, where Martin Luther taught. After his graduation, the young count embarked on a tour of Europe. He came to the art museum at Dusseldorf, and that's in Germany, and had a life-changing experience as he looked at a painting called Ecce Homo, which means Behold the Man in English. It was a portrait of the thorn-crowned Christ gazing at the viewer. I'm just going to have to look this up on the Internet and, you know, just be spooked out as much as as, uh, Zinzendorf was. (laughs) Beneath the painting were the words, I have done this for you. What have you done for me? Hmm. Zinzendorf said to himself, I have loved him for a long time, but I have never actually done anything for him. From now on, I do whatever he leads me to do. As a result of his decision, Zinzendorf began uh, the Moravian Mission Movement, which gave rise to global Protestant missions, including uh, some in North America, and there are some Lutherans that claim their heritage back to Zinzendorf as well. The word that's used in this connection is consecrated, which is not a popular word in our day and age. I'm not exactly sure anybody really knows what consecrated means anymore, but we'll get to that. Many years later, on January 10, 1858, another young Christian visited the Dusseldorf Art Museum. Her name was Frances Havergale. She was about 17 years old at the time. She was tired and sat down opposite that very same painting. As she studied the picture and read the accompanying inscription, a few words of a hymn came to mind. Frances jotted them down. Later, she worked on her poem, but grew discouraged with it and threw it in the fire. Somehow, it fell out of the grate of the fire and back onto the floor. Several months later, Francis showed it to her father, who was so moved that he wrote a tune for the words. The words are, I gave my life for thee, my precious blood I shed, that thou mightst ransom be, and quicken from the dead. I gave my life for thee, what hast thou given for me? That's an interesting hymn all by itself. And of course, as you might expect, it isn't in our hymnal. But it is, interestingly enough, in in another hymnal that is uh, African-American background. Anyway, although Frances had served the Lord for years, she she felt something was missing in her Christian experience. It was December 2nd, 1873, so quite a bit later. Frances was now 36 years old. And uh, she was given a book titled All for Jesus. This book stressed the importance of making Christ the king in every corner and cubicle of one's life. 
Soon thereafter, she made a fresh and complete consecration to herself in Christ. Years later, when asked about it, she replied, yes. It was on Advent Sunday when I first saw clearly the blessedness of true consecration. I saw it as a flash of electric light. And what you see, uh, you can never unsee. There must be full surrender before there can be full blessedness. Once again, wording that we're not familiar with in our world today. Not at all. Um, and, and, you know, that's basically what I'm talking about this weekend, talking about consecration. We really need to understand the story of, uh, of Jesus as the story of us and, and, and the new life that he gives to us, which is very different from the world in which we live. Anyway, going on. Not long afterwards, she found herself spending several days with 10 people in a house. And some of them were unconverted. Others were Christians, but not fully surrendered to Christ. Lord, give me all this house, she prayed, and she went on to work, witnessing, and before she left, all ten were yielded Christians. On the last night of her visit, Francis, too excited to sleep, wrote the great consecration hymn, Take My Life and Let It Be. As I have mentioned often previously, uh, a survey was taken by our denomination several decades ago, asking which of the hymns the congregation sang the most from our hymnal and take my life and let it be one that survey. In fact, we sang it so often when I was a kid that I can tell you that it is hymn 400 in the Lutheran hymnal. <laughs> now, <laughs> you know, the exact number. I'm, I'm looking at Christianity.com and just a little bit a little bit more on Francis. It says she'd begun reading and memorizing the Bible at age four, uh, wow. eventually memorizing the Psalms. And then it also says... Uh, She's written several more uh, hymns and verses. She wrote uh, mm -hmm. just the, some some that we know um, was "I gave my life for Thee, uh, like a right. river glorious," and who is mm -hmm. on the Lord's side. And also, she, I guess maybe she was kind of famous for her time because it says her voice was so lovely that she was in demand as a concert soloist, and she was a brilliant pianist, and uh, she also uh, learned several modern languages as well, Greek and Hebrew, too. So those are wow. just a little bit a little, a little bit deeper uh, background. Continue, Doug. Yes, well, uh, here are a couple of uh, the verses from that, from that famous hymn. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to Thee. Take my moments and my days, let them flow with ceaseless praise. Take my silver and my gold, not a mite would I withhold. Take my intellect and use every power as thou shalt choose. Interestingly enough, this tune was also written by Francis' father. One of the scripture verses at the bottom of the page in the hymnal. Yeah, you see that when when you go and go through the hymnal to all of these hymns, there are scripture verses down at the bottom uh, left hand corner. Well, here's one, uh, a couple of them, or one of them from Romans chapter six. Saint Paul writes there: Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and your members to God as those who have been brought forth from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. That's a good description of what consecration is all about. Could we hope to see revivals such as those seen by Nicholas Zinzendorf and Francis Havergale 
come in our day and age also? Of course, that's an unanswered question. But I think consecration is something that we need to learn a little bit more about in our day and age. Right. Let's uh, have this little word of prayer. Okay. Lord, you have taught those who have gone before us so much about what faith in your promises can mean to our daily lives. Send us back to these hymns, we pray, and then take their message seriously. For we pray in the name of Jesus, our Savior, who first gave his life for us. And if you want to look in the hymnal and that section in the back that lists all the authors of hymns, you'll find a hymn or two written by Nicholas Zinzendorf also. Okay, so. cool. Next week, we're going we're gonna to update ourselves a little bit for like 200 years from what we were talking about just now. <laughs> it's, it's a song called, Thy Word is a Lamp unto My Feet and a Light unto My Path, and it's based upon a verse in Psalm 119, sung and written by, guess who? I'm going to try to you know. guess Amy Grant. Yes, sir. Amy Grant. And guess who, guess who wrote the tune? Michael W. Smith. Oh, okay. So, um, uh, I guess we'd call that contemporary. Yeah, but it's, remember. it's it goes way it back still. Like, <laughs> it was contemporary like, about 30 years ago. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> about 25, 30 years ago, it was contemporary. In fact, in fact, I even found it in one of the hymnals. <laughs> so it's made it there already. Great. So anyway, I'm just going to do a little bit on thy word as a lamp into my feet and light into my path, and that's what we're going to be doing next week. Sounds fantastic. I look forward to it. All Thanks. Right. We are the Messenger of Good News. You can find us at KFUO.org, AM850 in St. Louis. We're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook. And, of course, our podcasts are available on our webpage, KFUO.org, or wherever you get your podcasts. Just search out KFUO Radio.